0: and welcome to the One Degree Shift Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Termundi, and I'm excited to introduce you to the wonderful guests I've got on season two and the little things they're doing to create a more intentional future for themselves, for their teams, and for the communities around them. I hope you enjoy. Jordan Ludwig, thank you so much for joining the One Degree Shift podcast. How are you today? I am doing well, Eric. How are you? Doing well, thank you. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to have you on the podcast for, for a series of reasons. Number one, we went to school together uh, years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. and number two, I've admired your entrepreneurial spirit, your, 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 the journey that you've taken to help folks, uh, across, uh, across, uh, Calgary, across the province and, and really across the country, um, do what they do a little bit better. Now as founder of stacked consulting or co-founder of, of stacked consulting, I, I'd love to hear from you, uh, what you're up to and, and what, what's kept you busy for the last couple of years.
1: Sure, so the last couple of years, let's, let's truncate the last couple of years. Let's talk about the last couple of months. Let's talk sure. about the pandemic. Yeah. Um, the, what's fascinating for us, so Stacked, we're a, we're a transformation consultancy is how I would think of, uh, about our firm. Um, so we help leaders for those projects that are big and hairy when the results matter most. And there's a lot of people that are in there and playing in that realm. I think what makes us unique is that we're very human centric. So there's a lot of other people that help you with your digital, your IT, et cetera. That's not us we're helping to think through the, the initial steps that gets you to a point where you're ready to think about leading through that type of change. So that's us. And the fascinating thing about it, though, is I spend all of my time helping my clients to rethink their businesses. And then the pandemic occurs and hits. And all of a sudden, that's we we've to apply that thinking internally on, on our mm-hmm. business as well. So they they say that uh, a carpenter's house is always the one that's in the most disarray, or a cook or a chef never likes to cook at their own home. For that was right. true of ours. It was all of the conversations that we probably should have been having along the way that we were too busy hosting others that we we made time for during the pandemic, and the results were fantastic.
0: So what does that look like? I mean, you know, in, in our conversation before recording, we talked about one degree shifts and, and friction reducing, you know, what, when, it, when you peel the curtain back, at stacked, what are the things that you did to ultimately get through this pandemic and, and make things a little bit more smooth operating for you?
1: For sure. So the first thing I'd say was, it was the, I know other firms had a hard decision about uh, closing offices and, and going remote work or what that, what that looks like for their context. That was the easiest decision for us. Like I, I made the, the choice driving down the highway back from back from a conference when the world was shutting down, right. I had to shut down the office and the team was up and going the next day. So I think we, we probably went in, it was very easy on the administrative side for it. And more of the questions were, how do we keep the team motivated? Um, so much of what we do is a collaborative type of space. So it was logging into teams and figuring out your new rhythms for it. What we weren't ready for, and I was mentioning this a bit before recording for it was, the so easy for us to do remote work right now we weren't ready for our clients to do remote work and how can we add right. value same context and, right. and expense for that so so we noticed a, a big shift down and and but the, the questions came to how do we kept, keep the team motivated and working on things that are going to progress the business and that started first and foremost to say what's different in the world and how do we need to to think differently to help Provide value for our clients for, it. and regardless on whether or not we're actually getting paid for it, like the currency we're really trying to build a lot of the time in trust at those times, and that can be tough when the, we're also still looking at the the cash flow and the balance sheet and needing to make sure that we're paying the bills at the end of the day. But yeah. um, leading through the pandemic, like the the shift to remote was incredibly easy. Rethinking our business model um, and, and spending the time internally to work differently were, were more of the harder shifts to make.
0: So tell me a little bit about that process then, you know, how, how did you identify the things that needed to be changed first? And what did that process look like? Was it, was it fast? Was it the snap of the fingers once you decided what the pain point was, or has it taken months to make that transition and, and I'd even say perhaps was, for the clients too?
1: Yeah, for sure. So I'd say it was slow until it wasn't. Um, and and we, we had some big learnings out of the bat. We, we thought we were this entrepreneurial nimble, Firm, and we we came up with this offering um, that we were calling the Audible, and it was helping companies to to go through their own pivots right. during that period. We right. probably missed the market; it did it didn't do well. And and a lot of the thinking that we heard back when we were testing it out in the market was, "This is fantastic. I wish you guys were here two weeks ago." It's funny how fast that is. Hey, two weeks and you missed the boat. Yeah. Um, and, and some of that's building out our own marketing capabilities and being in front of the right people at the right time for it. And all of those were learnings, but yeah, it, it, was, it was definitely clunky to start. And then what I noticed is we just stuck to it and we kept on talking about velocity and kept on talking about collisions and collaboration internally. And he started to see a bit of a shift and it's probably not even where we want it to be long term yet because we are such a collaborative type of space. And, and we need to find the the best way to deliver that in a virtual environment or or whatever the hybrid's gonna be in the future for it. But yeah, it missed the market. So it wasn't happy right off the bat, but we learned so much even through the failure. And that's big is, is it, no matter what happens is you either win or you get better. And that's the way, that was the mindset we had to
0: take. I was gonna going say, through. isn't that what learning is? I mean, it has to come through some sort of, I mean, failure if that's what you wanna call it or discovery if you wanna flip it on its head too, right? Yeah. So then, how do you provide this white glove service? I mean, you talked about being in the boardroom with your clients. You talk about people centric, human first. You talk about high touch points. You know, there's no doubt the model was flipped on its head. How does an organization like yours then provide the service that it did still today?
1: There are a couple of different mediums. Right off the bat, we did a we just went teams. We did virtual, and that was a tough transition, especially for your clients that know you and know what they they want to use for you for it. So. Um, we we were doing this year long leadership development program. Some of the feedback we we got after doing an entirely virtual session was, yeah, it's great. You're great. It's still not the same Jordan. Like it's it's a different experience. So for the next one we actually did is we took the time we talked safety first and we, we did a uh, social distance in person on our rooftop patio. Okay. Um, So so that was one way that we approached it differently is just how can you think about the medium in a different Mm -hmm. perspective. and, And we made sure we had everyone, um, safely through it. And so, so that would be one tool is just getting creative in your mediums versus your, your conference room or your boardroom and, and when you're, where you're hosting people. The flip to that too is we've done a lot of work. we, we uh, Online whiteboards. So much of our work is thinking mm. and collaboration mechanisms. So we have a tool Miro that we we play into um, and we, we're using that to host a number of our conversations and, and use that as our, our virtual meeting room place where we can bring everyone along the way. So um, results on that are positive. It's still as clumsy, like it's going through its growing pains and, and as you'd expect it to be. But what I've noticed too, is, uh, we talk about in, in business, we talk about change management and creating a sense of urgency, it, a, a real sense of urgency does that a lot better than anything else. No kidding. Um, yeah. so the, the, the clients they're, they're willing to work with you a little bit and they'll, they'll go through some of those growing pains with you because they don't have a ton of other options either. We're, we're right. all in this together and that's
0: a great place to be. Right. So tell me then your process for making these shifts and, and, and constantly improving, you know, didn't start in mid-March. I mean, this is something that you've been doing for as long as I've known you better part of a, of a decade at, at least, Yeah. tell me about that process that stacked, uh, you know, has undertaken to continually improve the product, the serving, the, the, uh, yeah, the, the products, the, the service, the offerings, and ultimately is is making those shifts. Like how, how does something like the audible become built? And then how do you make an audible on the audible?
1: There's, there's a couple of different ways that we think about it, but leadership's really important. That's where it probably starts for our clients, for us internally, everywhere. Right. And something that we're really passionate about is getting to the habits that are going to force it to excel. So how can I, how can I instill in myself the habits to engage the team in a way that's gonna help them to be productive for it. So it does start at that leadership level. And the, if you're thinking about a mindset that goes along with it, a one degree shift is a, is a habit. It's a way of thinking and looking at the world and saying, okay, we, we need to celebrate where we're at, but we also need to learn and get better and, and use that productive time to continue to increase and improve upon it. So we, we apply that type of thinking a lot internally when we're talking about recruiting and how we can get recruiting better. So we, we a couple of years ago, sat down and we said, how, "How? Like, we're doing the same recruiting game that all of our competitors are doing and it's well-established and it's super long lead time. And we were doing that because it was easy and understood. We weren't differentiating ourselves. And that, that wasn't the right activity. That wasn't the right thing for our firm at the time. So to get together in the room and bring leaders along and say, okay, here's, here's the objective we need to do. What are all the creative ways that we can actually get to do that? And really leaning into, especially for us, the fast solutions that you can fail forward in. Like, let's get something done quickly instead of dedicating the hours and hours behind right. the scenes to get all the activities through. Let's get something done that we can test relatively quickly, get some feedback on, and then get better at
0: And you did that, didn't you? Because I remember seeing last year, you put out some uh, a very interesting video on LinkedIn when you're looking at your uh, recruiting or hiring process. Can you tell us a little bit about that, the process that you undertook and ultimately how it went?
1: For sure. So it was for a net new role. We'd never had a external just focused on sales roles. This was a, a business development rep role that we were hiring for. And we said, well, what are the attributes of a, a BDR out in the market that you actually want? And, and really for me, it was, I want someone that's going to be incredibly inquisitive, that's going to be eager, um, be a force, be super optimistic. And we said, okay, well, how can we get in front of them in a way that's different? And we did a selling competition. So I actually just posted a video online and said, look, fight your way onto my calendar. Find a way to win me over. And the job is going to be yours. And, and, and that was a fascinating process. And, and what I learned from that right off the bat was, there's a couple people that reached out and went through that channel. I didn't have a ton from, from the sourcing side I didn't get it, the volume of candidates maybe I was looking for. So I was learning. It, it wasn't right from sure. the, the sourcing yeah. side. Yeah. So we, we tailored onto that. We actually did a, a more formal posting and put some things on, but we, we didn't change the aspects for it. It was so sell, right. low selling competition. And all of a sudden the thing blew off the top and it exploded mm-hmm. for it. And what was fascinating is our top two applicants, they still came through the original channel. So um, after all of that work and, and getting all of the additional sourcing and all the other applicants for it are still our top two highest rated applicants for it, just follow the original instructions.
0: Wow. But you're telling me too, that the original inst- like, you know, when you put it out on LinkedIn, it's, it's limited to your network too. Whereas people could have perhaps found it through more traditional avenues had they gone through, let's just say, uh, you know, a, a job posting site or wherever it is that you put that posting. Is that something you'd recommend then moving forward? Is that something you're going to do again?
1: Yes, um, so I, I learned a ton through the process. I think to your to your point, it still made sense to do a traditional posting and a non-traditional campaign or a recruitment cycle interview process, whatever you want to call it. That made sense for us. that's that's our firm. We, we want to be thinking a little bit differently. Right. We, we're a little weird in that way we want people that are gonna be a little bit weird in their thinking right. and, and non-traditional. In, in that regard. So yes, and if you're interested, there is a full video, I did my learnings on it too. For those that were curious about it, you can go and read the, the learnings and, and kind of what we had taken out of it. Because some people, they didn't like the way that we positioned our brand. Like we, we got pushed back being like, I can't believe this is the way that you're gonna actually run the firm. And all you have to do is say thank you and take that and go right. on, right?
0: Well, it's funny. One of the things I like to talk about a lot is is just treating your, your culture a little bit like cilantro or, or pineapple on pizza. And, and I think having that sort of polarizing component with stacked is 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 more healthy than it's not. I mean, I think we've seen companies all over do something like that. We just recently saw Patagonia put, you know, vote out the assholes on the tag. Uh, yeah, yeah. We've seen REI give their people Black Friday off. Uh, we've seen Nike go with Colin Kaepernick. We've seen Gillette really promote positive modern masculinity. Um, and now, and there you know, are a lot of
1: people before too. Yeah. In that, uh, I, I, if we want to take it back to values and, and what values are, and everyone has aspirational values that they try to live by, really, I think a value is something you're willing to lose money for. Mm. And, and to me, that's no different from, from what, what you put your stake on the ground, if it's your cilantro or your pineapple. Mm-hmm. I'm a big anti-pineapple guy, just for the record. <laughs> I'm a big Thanks. pro cilantro <laughs> guy. So that shows, that, that's how it should be. Like, yeah. you, you should be putting yourself in a position to help people to make decisions about you. And that means not yeah. being liked by everyone. And that's okay.
0: So let me ask you then, when you went through this process, did you get fewer people applying? I think you'd have to assume that. I don't have a yeah. ton of data to to go back
1: on the other way, but sure. what was fascinating about it, if you flip it on its head a little bit, Eric, the those that did apply, applied for the right reasons. Like we gave signals to weed
0: out bad applicants and that's an
1: efficiency pro. Oh pro- man. Pro- suit,
0: right? Yeah. Well, I would challenge not your process, but I would challenge anyone who's listening to really understand what Jordan's saying when he says that they applied for the right reasons, because I would argue that in the traditional job posting, people can't apply for the right reasons because they don't know what they are in a 250 to 300 word job description. Now that's, that's, that's not that they aren't there, but I think the traditional way to communicate the lived experience of somebody on the team simply can't, be expressed in a traditional posting. Now, look, I can get more out of a one or two minute video of Jordan describing this job posting on a, uh, than, than I could possibly even reading it. You know, we, we often see in, in, in this day and age, I think we can probably say for the last few years anyways, that video is better than voice and voice is better than text. Um, And as a result, we just get more context, we get more tones, we get more pausing, and we get to sort of hear what is here and see what is said, uh, rather than just read. So you know, I, I commend you for that process. And Perhaps as a, as a sort of wrap up uh, question or final thought then, for those who not just that you're working with, but for those who are making these one degree shifts in, in their process in their recruiting process, if they're looking to increase that human, human touch, that human centricity, what, what are a few things that you'd recommend that they could they could do that perhaps wouldn't cost anything? That is that mindset, leadership, habit shift that Sachs has expressed over the past years?
1: I'm big into active contentment. Have you heard about active contentment before?
0: Tell me more. This is this is great.
1: So if you think about type A people and stack, the story behind stacked is we wanted a stacked team. We wanted a bunch of high achievers that want to go out there and do exceptional things for, for our clients, for ourselves, for our communities, for each other. And that type of person typically likes. The milestones at life, and I can think back to the the high achievers that i 've worked with along the way. You give them great news here 's all the things that you 're working on, and they 're always hungry for more they 're always looking for that next right. piece. but right. then, as leaders, we're taught, everything 's about the journey, and you need to to fall into the journey more it 's not about the milestones like those, those peaks and valleys they go away and fade. You need to find happiness in the journey at every step of the way. And what I found in our coaching of the team is, as a leader, I'm trying to instill those habits on and enjoy the journey. And yet it's it's almost falling on deaf ears for, for folks mm. because they're so eager to hit the milestones. And there's two ways that you can choose to look at that. One is, why why is their headspace not correct? And I think that that's almost a fallacious a argument. It's how can I better improve my messaging to step up and help them celebrate exactly what it is. So here's what active contentment is in a nutshell. It's It's being perfectly content and happy with where you're at exactly today without losing that ambition, that drive, and that that, that passion to go forward into the future mm. for. So I got like a total hybrid of, of locking in people and, and getting their passion without it always feeling like this Herculean feat that's so far away for it. So mm. that's, that's the mindset, that's the mind space that I'm, I'm working on myself, mm. that I'm working on installing upon my team, that I'm creating a, a culture of within the, the workplace today.
0: Fantastic. Jordan, this has been uh, incredible. Where, where can people learn a little bit more about, about you and, and about stacked and, and is there anything else you want to share with us?
1: Sure. So um, dot consulting.com that's S T A C K D consulting.com is where you can find us. We've got a couple other uh, sub brands that I'll let you guys explore and find on yourself. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. You can find me Jordan Ludwig. Um, I'm sure you'll, you'll link through some stuff when you're posting this out as well for them. I'm all
0: happy to have a conversation and chat. Awesome. Jordan, this has been fantastic. I really appreciate your time today and uh, hope you have a great day. Thanks, Eric. Be well.